Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Monday Night Godcast, an immersive and interactive discussion of the Bible. If you're listening to this right now, then I know for a fact that God has something for you. That's right, you. I'm glad you're here. Let's dive into God's Word and see what He has in store for us today. Welcome, everybody. I take it you all probably saw the uh, title of the series that we'll be going to, Hearing from God, What to Do When You Don't Know What to Do. And that sounds appealing and like, <laughs> hey, sign me up for that. <laughs> well, no, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> um, I, in no stretch of the imagination, have this all figured out. I am not an expert on hearing from God. I do not hear God audibly um, as the loud voice of God that we all imagine um, that would just rain down from heaven of, stop, you are going the wrong way, turn left here. I don't hear that. Um, if I did, that would be really cool and I probably would have talked about this a lot sooner. Um, so there's a disclaimer on that. but. And I also don't claim that um, after today that everyone here will be an expert on hearing from God or that you will hear God tomorrow. Um, you could. And that could be because of this, or that could be unrelated. Um, but there's that disclaimer. So glad you're all here. If you came expecting to hear from God, great. Because come expecting, come hungry, come wanting and asking. God to speak to us, to speak to you personally, because that's what we should do, and we're going to get into that. But I thought, what better way to start out hearing from God than for me to tell you guys about Hell Week. Navy SEAL Hell Week. It's called Hell Week. It's part of the Navy's basic underwater demolition school where sailors are turned into SEALs, Sea Air Land Commandos. Seals. I've always wondered what that stands for. Yeah. I've always wondered. By undergoing a grueling regimen of sleepless days and nights, sensory overload, and physical testing, these men are transformed into some of the toughest human beings in the world. This final period, Hell Week, is just the end. This is the final part of their whole regimen. It's torturous, it's physical, it's psychological training. It begins on Sunday night with exercising and laying wet on cold steel plates installed on a nearby pier. On Monday, the six-man teams are ordered to run races with 250-pound Zodiac rubber assault boats balanced on their heads. On Tuesday, with less than an hour of sleep the night before, they have to now row those, those Zodiac boats to the Mexican waters and back. On Wednesday, the men continue the races with boats bouncing on their heads. The chance to disenroll awaits each student. All he has to do is ring a certain bell and say uh, three times and say, I quit. By Thursday, everyone is hallucinating. By Friday afternoon, the week is over, and the new seals are lined up to be checked by a doctor. Only in terms of ugliness of war can punishment like this be made, like this make any sense. By pushing these men to the very brink of insanity during times of peace, the Navy is giving them the best chance to be ready to face the cruelty of real war if it comes. With his first words in this letter, James reminds us 
uh, reminds his suffering brothers and sisters that they should not be surprised when they experience intense periods of testing. He knows that they face a spiritual conflict that will require a toughness learned only through proper instruction and moderate experience. James calls God's training regimen various kinds of trials. So does somebody want to read for me? Um, we won't be here too long in James, but somebody want to read James 1, verses 2 through 8? I'll split with somebody, so I'll take a couple of it. Looking through your Bible, it is very, very, very small book, and you will probably pass it three times, unless you are an expert or you're looking up the page number. Is it Old Testament or New? New Testament is after Hebrews. Oh, you got tabs. Nice. I don't have tabs. John 1? Uh, James. Oh, James. The other James. J. The other J. James 1, starting at verse 2, going through verse 8. All right. I'll start if somebody wants to popcorn. And, and I'm going to ask for you and somebody else who does read it to read it as though you are James writing this letter to the people that he's writing the letter to. So, and not just a, dear brothers and sisters, I'm going to try to away. Like, you're, like, you mean it. You know, I know i got to be dramatic, but, but mean it. That's fine. Uh, we're going 2 to 8? Yep. Okay, um, I'll read up to five, and then someone can pick off of that. Go for it. All right, here we go. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith pr produces pre 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 I'm sorry, pre perseverance. <laughs> perseverance finishes its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Verse five. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Awesome. Thank you. Nice. What do you guys think? Just thoughts overall, or how does this, could it, would it, should it interact with or relate to hearing from God? Or does it not at all? I don't think it does. That uh, He starts with joy, when he says joy at the beginning of verse 2. And he knows that if you face trials, or you know, the tough things, or when the going gets tough, as saying we all heard. And, you know, then you have a lot of doubt, like kind of we talked about the last book we read, that there was a lot of doubt in the, I think the fishing story, where it was, you know, casting the line on the one side, and then we switch to the other side and cast, and you get all the uh, fish on the other side. So I definitely think if you are going through the rough times or if you're needing to listen to what is being said put the good stuff in to help the rough times pass okay. so that's what I would think there yeah this um this kind of reminds me of the church I've been going to there's a series that we've been talking about and um it's talking about like you have to build a foundation during your like your good times you know mm -hmm. because when the hard time comes in you that's when you like whatever you build a pond you you'll be able to uh you'll be able to pass through the through the trials 
with joy and you can have no doubt that with your God because if you do then your foundation is not as strong as you thought it was and you've just been blown away like they say right here from the winds of the seas and yeah. whatnot. What does James say that uh, what kind of what did he say that you should feel when troubles come your way? Joy. Great joy. Great joy. Pure. Consider an opportunity for great joy. What a great but crazy and upside down way to phrase it, right? Yeah. For for what we expect here, you know, on earth of you know, usually like when troubles come your way, like people aren't usually like, Woohoo, this sucks, yeah. <laughs> no, you're like, this sucks. But it's an opportunity. With anything, you can choose how you take it. You know, you can get fired and say, well, this sucks. Now what am I going to do? Yeah. Or you can say, well, I've got an opportunity to now do whatever I want. I can now go get any job I want. I'm not tied down to this job anymore. You know, anything that comes up your way, you can look at it negatively. Oh, this happened to me. Or as a opportunity. What am I going to do from here? What What will God do from here? And I see part of it is because... Um Something I have learned, can't remember from where, but <laughs> you mentioned Navy SEALs, and um, they talk about like if someone's injured in the battlefield, you're not gonna go and um, you're not gonna go and sh aim at that person and shoot the person because he's already down. You're gonna look at someone who's still strong enough to come fight you, and you're gonna shoot that person yeah. instead of the one that's already down. So part what that's trying to go at what I'm trying to go with that is that the enemy will not put uh, uh, will not attack you if you're not with the Lord. Yeah. So if he he's in your side already. I mean he has you already. He's gonna leave you alone. He's like oh he's mine already. But when you're a child of God, it's like I'm I'm gonna try to bring him down if we can come to my side. Yeah. So part of it is like you know what I'm facing this stuff. I have to be joyful because that means I'm still with. I'm with God, and I'm yeah. a child of God. That's good. Yeah. And it's saying that going through these trials is a chance to to have an opportunity for great joy because your faith is tested. And when your faith is tested, you can grow in your endurance. And when your endurance is tested and is developed, then you'll be perfect and complete and even nothing. Now, that doesn't mean, boom, hey, I overcame this one obstacle, now I'm perfect. I don't need God, I don't need anybody, I'm all good, everyone leave me alone. I've got life figured out. Not what he's saying, but it's an opportunity. If those SEALs don't go through those, that the Navy SEALs don't go through the training that intense, which, by the way, only about 25% make it through the training. People have died in it, not you know every time, but people have died through the... Navy SEAL training, only 20, about 25% of people complete it, which is why it's the toughest of the toughest. Another way to phrase it, 75% fail and can't endure for a week. Hell Week will knock out 75% of the people who've worked their way up, saying this is what I want to do, this is what I'm trying to achieve, but during these seven days, it's too mentally and physically tolling and they quit. Also another thing is, those who go to the Navy SEAL training are already like top of mm -hmm. top up there from the whatever military branch they come from. Yeah. And this the seventy five percent still don't make it. Yeah. They're already up there. And this is like Top Gun. This is like the best <laughs> of the best have the chance to become the best. Yeah. And seventy five percent of the best aren't good enough to become the best of the best of the best. 
But imagine if if they sent those people out, those 75% who wouldn't have made it through, if they sent them out into the real war to go through conditions that they would have to endure like that, this, you know, this country wouldn't be where we're at now. The war, each battle wouldn't be fought and won like it was or is. But they endured great trials, and with that, they had an opportunity, not in the moment, the joy wasn't in the moment as they're going through Hell Week, as they're going through the real war. That's not the great joy. They're not experiencing joy as they're going through it. But when they overcome it, their endurance has developed. Their, their faith has grown. Their, their strength has shown. What they've trained for is, is being used. Anyway. There is, uh, in the Bible, there are two Greek words for the word word. The first is logos, which is the inspired word of God. And it's also where, uh, it's also a name for Jesus, who is the living word, in John 1.1. 1, 1, the very beginning of what we just finished up, John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, the word was God. If you look at the Greek, in the beginning was Logos. God was Logos. He is with Logos. He is the Word. The second Greek word for word uh, is Rhema, which I might be mispronouncing, but R-H-E-M-A, Rhema. The Rhema, Word of God. This is more of a whisper from the Holy Spirit on what we're supposed to do and how scripture relates to the here and the now. It's God speaking in the moment. So sometimes you may, re you may receive a, a rhema, word of God, that directs you to a certain passage or, or, or speaks to your heart. I'm going I'm to say them again, but in a little different way. Rhema, the word of God for a current situation telling you what to do. Logos, it's the uttering of Christ himself. The spoken word, the written word, the, the Bible, this is Logos. This is God's written word. He communicated this word. So in the Old Testament, God spoke audibly several times, many times, and he still can today. But now, things are a little different. At the, at the very end of John that we just finished up, and what would be going into Acts, the Holy Spirit is given. Jesus said, here is another helper like me. Here is the Holy Spirit. So we don't necessarily need to hear the audible voice of God like Moses heard, like Noah heard, like Adam heard, you know, like, the, like other many people heard. Not many, but other people heard. Now we have the Holy Spirit, and he's constantly in communication with us. He can, he can be in constant communication with us. Uh, let's look at a few examples. Somebody want to turn to Luke one thirty eight? And then somebody else want to turn to Acts eleven sixteen? I'll take Acts. Okay. Someone let me know when you have Luke one thirty eight. And what part of Acts? Uh, um, Eleven sixteen. Okay. okay. 
Alright, you got Luke 1, 3, 1, 38? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is, this is an example of a rainbow. Go for it. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Uh, Acts eleven sixteen. It says, Then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at logos a little bit. Um, and we looked at John 1, 1 already a little bit. Uh, somebody want to take Hebrews 4.12? Who wants that? I got you. Okay. And then somebody else want to turn to Philippians 2.16? Anybody want it? Philippians 2.16. Pulling notes. I can do it. Go for it. All right. Uh, Merkel. Um, Hebrews 4.12. Yeah. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost desires and thoughts. Uh, Philippians 2.16 As you hold firmly to the word of life, and then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Cool. So those are just some examples for you guys. It's, it's not critical to understand the difference in, hey, is this one rain or is this one logos? That's not, that's not the, the key point, but just to kind of see that there's a little bit of a difference of, of God speaking in two different ways there through the word, through the, the written and the communicated word and the a word or message, you know, internally more so. No need to show your hands. No need, no need to raise your hand. But how many of us have ever been like, God, I want to hear from you. God, I, I just, I just want to know. I just want to know. I want to know what my purpose is. I want to know what my job is. What am I supposed to do with my life? What do you want me to do? God, I'm here. I'm ready to serve you. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Right? Like, I think in some capacity or another, we probably have all been there before at some point or another in our life. And, if, and at times it can kind of sound like this, that like, this is, like this is God's response. You ready? Can anyone relate to that? Because <laughs> I know I can. So what do you do? You're like, God, you say ask and we receive. Ask for wisdom and, and you'll give it to us. God, why can't I hear you? What do you guys think? Why is that? Why do we not hear from God when we ask Him to speak? Because we're busy talking and not listening. 
That's spot on as you get. <laughs> Keen observation, Christian. 23 bed points. <laughs> what else? Why don't we hear from God? He already gave you an answer and you missed it. Wow. 24 bed points. <laughs> I agree. I was thinking of how many. That's, that's a good observation. That's good. He's giving you the answer and you don't want to hear it. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> 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 that's all he <laughs> wow. What else? It, it's, it, it's, I think, harder to say, how do I hear from God, than to say, why don't we hear from God? What else? Why don't we hear from God? These are all great. Keep it going. For me, it's often, I feel like it's a time of waiting, and he's waiting for my faith to mature even more and more and rely on him. Hmm. Um, before I could probably even be ready for the answer he would give me, whatever that answer might be. Hmm. What else? So we unprepared. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And what else? I think patience would fall in there some along ah. some along the thing. It's a virtue. Yeah. Sometimes my heart is just selfish. Like, hey God, you told me I could ask. I'm asking, so just give it to me. Yeah. Like. Thanks. Cool, dude. I want it. <laughs> Got it. I think that speaks to 6 through 8 of James that we read earlier. When you ask and be sure that your faith is in God alone, do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from mm. the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Yeah. The verse 6 has believe and not doubt. And I kind of said it earlier, when it was not having any doubt, but having more of the believe side, and being a believer of it and in it, and having that right mindset and focus that um, if you do all those things, you'll get your answers. But if you don't, and you have the doubts and the negative like you said earlier with the negative sides, if you keep seeing the negative side, you won't see the plus. To really dive into six, right? You know, but when you ask him, be sure your faith is in God alone. Do not wait for a person with divine loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. You know, you have all the, you know, distractions of today. You have phones, you know, Facebook, Instagram, you know, all these different things you're constantly being buffeted by you know and as Peter jumps out of the boat to walk on water you know he looks to the waves he looks away from the answer he's wanting mm -hmm. the, the conversation of I'm walking and talking to Jesus right now and starts looking down at the water and starts pulling out his phone because he gets distracted you know it's mm -hmm. a quiet time but oh my phone blanked or you know yeah let me post this real quick. Hashtag walking on water. Oops, I'm sinking on water. <laughs> I think why you're asking. Not what are you asking for, but why are you asking for it? The like what, what Yana was saying about like our motivation. What mm -hmm. is our heart's posture in the asking? Are we asking for ourselves or... Even if it's something good, like, you know, I really want something good to happen to this person, like, 
if you change your prayer, your tune to God, uh, help me see you regardless in this person or in this situation, whatever it looks like, maybe the answer would be more apparent to us yeah. at that point. Yeah, for sure. I have, I have a thought also. These, these are all great. All spot on, I think, reasons why we don't hear from God sometimes. I think another reason is if, if you're like me, I love starting new projects. Mm -hmm. I love it. Starting a new project is fun, it's exciting. What's not fun and exciting? Finishing a project. Books, too. I don't like reading at all. But if there's an interesting book, I'll start reading the first few pages pretty excitedly and then. Man, this book is too long. Man, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to have time. Now I'm going to start it. Oh, another one. Oh, fancy, shiny squirrel. Oh, this, oh, this one's an exciting topic. I just want to like download it into my brain, but I don't want to read it. I don't want to put in the effort. I just want to, it's fun, it's exciting, it's new. I just want to start, but I don't want to do it. Right? And sometimes the same with house projects. Sometimes the same with, you know, other things. It's like, you know, or a work project. Like, oh, yeah, I could work on this. I could do that. Yeah, that's fun. Let me start with that. It's like, now I got to fun part's gone, right? But I think, I think another reason why we don't often hear from God is that we like to ask God for, for the next thing. What should we do? God, what's, what's, what's my mission? What's my calling? What should I do? Tell me what to do. But have we even done the last thing that he called us to do? Okay, well. Alright, but like, hey, I never even heard God from God in the first place, so I've never even had the first calling, so that doesn't apply to me. Okay, what does the Bible tell us to do? Not rhetorical. What, what does the Bible tell us to do? In general and personally, what does the Bible tell us to do? Go out and make disciples. Mm. What else? Be the hands and feet, vessels. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. what else? Follow his steps. Okay. What else? Love people. What else? Love everyone. All right, everyone. What else? Slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to get angry, love yourself with tender heart, mercies, kindness, be humble, always, gentle. We're going to get the fruits of the Spirit in a minute. <laughs> it's the one in my head right now. This is good. These are, these are some of the instructions in the Bible, right? This, that's some of the logos. That's, that's God's Word speaking to us, the logos. Love God, love people, feed the poor, clothe the naked, trust God, seek Him first above all else. Oof, that's a hard one, above all else. Sharing the gospel of Jesus, forgiving those who offended us, loving your enemies, loving the unlovable. There's our instructions. Have we done it? <laughs> Are we asking God for what to do next when we haven't even done the very simple baseline of stuff that he's doing. This isn't like, I'm not trying to like, kick you guys, kick me while you know, we're down. Like, I don't want to hear from God. I thought Ben just had like the secret formula tonight. I just thought I'd come and, you know, in two hours, like get in and I'm going to hear God audibly. Not going to happen. It could, but it's not that simple. And I'm not saying, hey, just do these things and, and that's the secret equation. You figure God out. And it's no, it's not that simple. And it's not always, hey, some people... Paul. Paul was killing people who were following God and and God, God 
showed up to him and spoke to him and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? So clearly, that's not a prerequisite to hearing from God. But also, you've had people who follow him, you know, to the T and do everything right and actually devote their lives, you know, the right way to him. And maybe they've never heard him before audibly or, you know, maybe they're just going based off of the, the rhema their entire time. Maybe they've never, you know, heard God. I think that's at least a good, a good baseline. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but to at least love God, love people, feed the poor, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, trust God. You know, it's a non-exhaustive list. There's so much more to it than just the things that we all listed. But we're asking God, I mean, just just something to put your put your heart in check. Of God, I want to hear from you. Why aren't I hearing from you? Why are you even doing the, the basics of, of what my word told you to do? The question is, you know, which sums this up. Are we waiting for his rhema, right? His, are, we, are we waiting for him to speak to our hearts while we haven't even obeyed his, his logos yet? While we haven't even obeyed this? But we're waiting for him to, to speak to us. Because a lot of times, he'll just speak to us through this. And, and this is enough. This is sufficient. This is, this is enough to go off of. Has anybody ever, like, I mean, you can have both at the same time. Be reading his word and then feel it in your heart and say, God, I, I, I hear you. I, I, I see that you're talking to me. This was, it's like this passage was written just for me. It's like, this was just written for Ben and Dorian on you know, October 10th, 2022. Not for anybody else in the world, but for me right now. Right? Anybody ever have those kind of moments? <laughs> but I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary to know the Bible, to know the logos, to know the written word of God, in order to know and detect God's voice. The rhema. I think that's a test of authenticity, of rhema. If, if, if what you think you're hearing God speak to you internally, does it line up with what God has speaking before, what you can verify? Right? If, if God is, if I'm like, oh, God, I, I feel pressing on my heart to, uh, God, I, I feel you saying that I should just take what I want because I deserve it and I've earned it. Yeah, yeah, that's good, God. Yeah, you're right. I have earned it. I've worked hard for that. I should just take it because I can and I get away with it. Yeah, God, I hear you speaking that on my heart today. Thanks, God. Cool. It's like, no, put that in check. Where? Show me, show me where has God said that before. He hasn't. In fact, he said, don't steal. Don't lust, don't, don't covet over those things. So put what you think might be God's voice, something that you're detecting, the rhema, put it in check with the logos. So again, in order to, this is my thought, in order to know and detect God's voice, actually no, it's not my thought, in order to detect God's voice, Internally, it's necessary to know his voice in the Bible. With that, let's look at... 
should have. Uh, stand by. <laughs> Let's look at John 10.27. Because that is what it up. John 10.27. Now, we've read this before together. It's been a handful of weeks. It's been a handful of months, probably. John 10.27. So remember, if you're like, hey, God, I hear you saying this. Let me put it in check. Question everything, right? I don't care if, if I'm telling you it, if your pastor is telling it to you, if a friend is telling it to you, a parent, a sibling, um, or even if you think God is saying it to you, put it in check. If you're not sure if it's God or not, or even if you are sure, put it in check. Put it against his word. Does it stand up against his word? John 10, 27. But you don't listen to me because, no, uh, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. It's as simple as that. The sheep, even sheep, which are, I was about to say stupid too. I was thinking of a different word. Like, I was going to say they're arguably stupid animals. They literally can't do anything themselves. They literally need to be told to sit down, to lay down, eat the grass, lay down next to the water and drink. But sometimes that's us. Sometimes we're just stupid sheep. And, and that's why, that's why you know, it says the scripture, like, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You, you lead me to still waters and you, you make me sit down and, and eat the pasture and drink from the water. You make me rest. Because sometimes we're just so stupid, we're tired, and we're like, oh, I'm so tired, what should I do? Rest! I'm so hungry, what should I do? Eat! I'm so thirsty, what should I do? Drink! You stupid sheep! <laughs> right? I'm speaking to myself, too. So I'm not just calling you guys stupid. <laughs> I'm calling myself stupid, too. Let me rephrase that. I'm not calling you guys stupid. I'm saying sometimes... We are, we do stupid things. And sometimes the solution is so simple. It's like, what should I do when I'm hungry? You should eat. What should I do when I'm tired? You should rest. What should I do when I want to, when I want to hear from God? Ask for him to speak to you. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Even stupid sheep know their own shepherd's voice. Welcome, welcome. Even sheep that need to be physically guided eat this grass that's in front of you. They can detect their shepherd's voice versus not their shepherd's voice, which is crazy. That a sheep can detect their shepherd's voice. So put that in check when you're saying, God, I think I might be hearing you with this calling on my life or with this. Is God calling you to, to help a homeless person you see? Do you need to put that in check? Has God ever helped a homeless person? Yes. That could be, that should be God. God, I think I hear you telling me to steal that car that I really, 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 really want because the key's in the ignition and I just saw the owner leave with a few bags of groceries and I could take it and get away with it. Should I do that? Put that in check? No. Thou shalt not steal. Oh, okay. Cool. Not God. Easy one. But it, it sounds simple, but it is simple. Sheep can detect their shepherd's voice. 
We just need to put it in check with, is this God? So I'm not saying it's always that simple. But anyway. So again, in order to know and detect God's voice, the rhema, it's necessary to know the Bible. Because that's God's voice. How are you going to know if what you're hearing internally is God's voice if you don't even know what God's voice has said before? Alright, how else can we hear from God? Well, continuing on with, he makes me rest. Rest in the Lord! That's a way to hear from God. Matthew 6.34, let's go there. I know, we're getting some, we're getting some scripture in today. Ben, um, I was just thinking, you know, that's why we say sheepish, or sheepishly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Matthew 6.34. <laughs> uh, it's so hard to just stick on 34, because I want to read, like, a whole big passage here. Man, I still just might. I still just might. Yeah, I'm going to start at 25. I'm going to read this. Matthew 6, 25. I'm going to go through 34. You want to split it or you want to read the whole thing? I'll take it. It's all good. Okay. What? All right. So I'm starting at Matthew 6, 25. This is what I tell you. Nope. Sarah messed up the first word. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store foods in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Let me just pause. These are Jesus' words. These are, this is, there's a whole bunch of red text here. This is all Jesus speaking this. Thinking about 31. So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. But your Heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Not some. All your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And He will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So don't worry. 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 Like how we switched from doubt to worry. They both have the same thing behind it. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you take, like you all have a doubt in the negative side, another negative thing is worry. If you're going to worry about things, you're not on the positive. You're on the, oh no, this is 
going this way. Oh no, I'm falling down the wrong way. Or, oh no, I'm in the rough patch. X, Y, and Z, the list goes on. So, yeah. I was, I'm glad you read the whole thing because I'm glad we didn't yeah. just hold on 34. I'm like, let's just read that whole thing. What does worry do in our life? Better, no, better question. What does worry not do in our life? doesn't change anything. It's a little confusing. What does worry not do? It doesn't change anything. If I'm, if I just cut off a finger and I'm worried about, well. <laughs> well, if you worry about it, you can put it on ice. If, if all I do, if all I do is worry, oh my gosh, I lost a finger. What am I going to do without this finger? I only have nine fingers. This hand is missing a finger. What do I do now? How can I pick things up? What did it do for me? Nothing. Now if I go, let me address this. Cool, you can, that'll help. <laughs> but word in itself adds nothing. No, I should start with that. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie in Philippians 4, 6 through 7 here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now that's a good way to start hearing from God, I think. Rest in the Lord. How can you rest? How can we rest in the Lord? What's up? By putting our worries to Him. Okay, there you go. Putting our doubts to Him. What What keeps us awake? Stress. Stress. Doubts. Doubts. What is? Why is there stress and doubt in our lives? Because we're not listening to God. Because he says, don't worry. Because of all the stupid sheeps. We're going to be leaving here tonight thinking of that. I'm like, going, going home, I'm going to be like, am I a stupid sheep? Uh, I'm going to be on the road tomorrow night. Who has the latest stupid slow sheep? <laughs> oh, man. Not the point I was trying to drive we, we home. You should today. cut that off. <laughs> <laughs> Stress, those are there, I think, because of a lack of trust and faith in God. I think in certain areas. I think I should add that on in certain areas. I think saying I'm stressed out about this, I'm, I'm worried about this, I'm, I'm scared about this, I, I don't know how this will play out. Those are all, hey, if you feel those things, guess what? It means you're human, and that's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it, but, hey, I'm going to tie this back in with uh, James 1, James 1, 2. Consider it a great opportunity for joy. I'm stressed, I'm worried, I'm anxious. Well, don't be anxious about anything, but I am. And don't worry about tomorrow. Well, I'm worried. Tomorrow's will bring some worries. Oh, I've got some today too. But guess what? Those are all great, 
perfect places to start. Great opportunities for joy, as James said. These are all great starting points. God, I want to hear from you, but I'm so stressed out. God, I want to hear from you, but I don't know what to do. Great. That is a great opportunity here for you. But wait, there's more. If you trust it all, if you put it all on God, he'll come through. Man, you sound like one of those infomercials when they go, wait, exactly. there's more. That's the point. <laughs> all right, easier said, easier said than done. So thoughts, comments, questions. This was great. This was a great discussion. All said, all said it done. We all chimed in on all similar, similar aspects. But the I guess the sky's the limit for what we talk about next week, or whatever. Oh, we're not done for today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. I spoke too soon. That's funny. I started typing a thought here, and then I stopped at like the perfect clip, cliffhanger. So that's a good way to to hear from God. Start by, and I didn't pick up from where I left off. So. But I feel really? like it, I, yeah. he'd be on his board. Start by, and then I, I guess I forgot I left off there. Maybe that was the purpose you're supposed to see what God said. Start by <laughs> resting in the Lord. Just the, the ending is the start. Play fill in the blank. You can play like one of the game shows where you have to fill in the blank. Oh, oh, no. No. Like Jeopardy? Yeah, yeah, that or 25 words or less or, you know, Family Feud. I hate that Top five answers on the board. Be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will pause. Let me read what it does not say. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will answer every prayer exactly the way that you want Him to. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will solve everything tomorrow. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will answer every question and doubt and fear and sense of hopelessness in your life by 9 a.m. tomorrow because you trusted him tonight in a, a prayer that you started and then fell asleep on. Nope. Unpause. Let me read what it actually says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will... Guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Well, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> I wanted an answer. I wanted to hear from him. I wanted... Well, I wanted... But instead, the peace of God will guard my heart and my mind. It's not too bad either. 
Imagine if there was. If, imagine if you could physically. You know. You know how in. Who was it? Someone can help me. Uh, he's like, we're surrounded by armies. There's no way. We're outnumbered. And he's like, I'm gonna give you my eyes so that you can see and 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 then he could see armies, angel armies surrounding his enemies. That's where the song comes from. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Who was that? Sounds of the tongue would. Not the song, but in the Bible. Is that the same story about, hey, I need more men, and I'm going to give you 30? That's Gideon. That's reducing. Elijah? Maybe Elijah. I can't recall. That's not the point. Anyway. On the surrounding thing. Peace, guarding. Ah, thank you. <laughs> imagine that same. Imagine those were goggles. You know, he kind of said, "Here, I'm going to give you my eyes so that you can see that you're not actually surrounded, but your enemies are surrounded by God's army." Imagine if if we could just put on those those goggles, those spectacles for a moment, and see physically, tangibly. That by not being anxious in anything, anything, but instead in every situation, that we could physically see a guard around our hearts and our mind, like physically, and you look in the mirror at yourself with this new perspective. And you say, yeah, I wanted to heal from God. I wanted an answer. I wanted a solution. I wanted this problem solved like yesterday. But instead, you trust in God. And what does it get you? And you see physically God with an angel army around your heart and around your mind. How confident does that sound? That sounds like, like I could rest. Like, I could go to sleep peacefully that night knowing that I'm good, that I'm covered. Wow, all right. Um, the time, all right. All right, this part I'm really excited about, what we're about to get into. God speaking through a still small voice. So let's go to 1 Kings 19. Jumping back to the Old Testament. 1 Kings? Hmm? 2 Kings is a story talking about Elijah and the servant. 1 Kings? No, no, no. No, 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 yeah. What is it? Oh, we're going to First Kings. Uh, ben, what are we going to do again? Uh, First Kings nineteen. First Kings nineteen. <laughs> so I'm gonna give a very quick synopsis of what happened in First Kings eighteen. This is Elijah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to be reading in 1 Kings 19, but I'm going to give you a, a quick summary of what just happened, of what happened right before the very first verse of 19. So, in 1 Kings 18, Elijah is essentially putting God to the test, but the enemy is, is, is essentially questioning 
God and um, man titled it the contest on Mount Carmel. So the Lord told him, the Lord told Elijah to do this. You know, it says to not test God, but God said, Elijah, this is what you're going to do. So Elijah followed. So long story short, uh, there are the, I want to say Moabites, mm, not important. There are <laughs> the non-believers who are worshiping their god, Baal, and there's Elijah who worships God. Capital G God. So, Elijah says, okay, you want to prove that Baal is real? Okay, um, put some wood on the altar and tell Baal to consume it. Tell Baal to light it up and consume it in fire. So, they do that. The, the, you know, the non-believers put the wood on their altar and they're dancing and singing and praying and sacrificing and cutting themselves and and saying, Baal, bring down fire, take take this. And nothing happens. And Elijah says, Hey, you want more time? Go ahead. Hey, maybe your God is sleeping. Hey, maybe you need to pray louder. Maybe he's on vacation. Maybe he's relieving himself. God, come on, go ahead, like keep going. Um, which I think is hilarious. And and then Elijah says, Okay, my turn. Now let's make it harder. I'm going to make it harder to prove God. All, all your God, Baal, had to do was just consume this dry wood. And he didn't do it. It gave you a lot of time. You got to do crazy things and nothing happened. I'm going to prove God now. He said, drench the altar in water. So they drenched it. He said, drench it again. Drench it again. Drench this altar so it's soaking wet. So it would be so difficult to make this burn on fire. And they do that. And Elijah says... I want to quote it. Um, are, we, are we in 18 or are we in 19? Um, uh, I'm still in 18. Oh, wow. um, Elijah says, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel, that I'm your servant. Prove that all I've done, this is your command. O Lord, answer me, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately! The fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven, burned up the young bull and the wood and the stones and its dust, even looked up all the water in the trench, and all the people saw it and fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. The, yes, the Lord is God. And then Elijah said, Seize all the prophets of Baal, don't let a single one escape. Kill them. That's what happened. So, Elijah is... He's on a high right now. He's, you know, he's just like, boom, I gave these guys a very, very fair chance to prove their false god. Their false god is false, so he couldn't prove himself. And I gave my god a very difficult opportunity to prove himself, but he's God, so he did it. Um, so Elijah has physical, tangible, audible, and witnessed proof of his god that he follows, the god. And now... In 1 Kings 19, Elijah flees. He got word that, that Jezebel wanted to kill him. And Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. What a change in storyline. Going from, I, I just my God just proved himself to you. 
He proved himself to me. I've heard him before. I knew he's real. I know he's real. And he just proved it in a way that there's no doubt or denying. And now he's running because he's scared. So if you're running, if you're scared, Elijah was scared too. It's okay. He assumed it also, just like us. And he just, he just had proof like none other. So now he's running. He's scared. He thinks he's all alone, that he's the only one worshiping God left. He's the only prophet left. No one else there believes in the real God. And he's running. He's fleeing to the caves. So we're going to pick up at 1 Kings 19, verse 9. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. The Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I'm going to pause there for a second. Why did God ask him this question? Doesn't God know the answer? He should. He should or he does? Does. Smart does. Then he should. Why did God ask a question that he already knew the answer? Something I really want to get into also, which I think I think we're gonna get into. Questions from God. Very intriguing to me. In Genesis, God asking the same question to Adam and Eve when they're hiding after they just did exactly what God told them not to do. God said, Where are you? He knew where they were. Yeah. But it was that invitation to the relationship. Anyway, that's sneak peek for something to come in weeks from now. The Lord asked, the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. That's my wind impression. Wind impression. <laughs> As Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast, the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak. He went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Sounds familiar. This might sound familiar, too. He replied, The exact same words. Exact same words. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Didn't quite answer the question. And I guess it kind of did, but... 15. Then the Lord told him, Go back the way you came, and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. 
when you arrive there, anoint Hazael to be the king of Aram. When, uh, when you arrive there, oh, just said that. Then anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, to be the king of Israel. And then anoint Elisha, son of Saphat, from the town of Abel Meholah, hard words to say, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape from Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Here we go. 18. Yet, I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. So here Elijah, he's, he's crying out to God, I've, I've served you God zealously. Wasn't there a word, wasn't like, there a word, sorry, wasn't there a word for zealously? Like, um, with all my heart. All, all like putting all, all putting it's, all it's in. all on you. All in, okay. I've, 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 I've served you faithfully, God. I've never bowed down to Baal. But the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you. They torn down your altars. They they serve other gods. God, I'm the only one left. And God said, I've preserved 7,000 others who have never bowed down or kissed Baal. You're not alone. I like that. God answered him. God gave him comfort in that still small voice. Answering really the root of his issue, the root of his, his fear, why he ran. He thought he was alone. He thought, I'm going to be killed because now everyone who's left has worshipped Baal and serves other gods and has defaced your altars, Lord. I'm the only one left, so I ran. And God's like, go back and do this and do this and do this. And by the way, there's actually 7,000 others like you. You thought you were alone. There were 7,000 who have never bowed down to Baal. And I like, I like, we're not going to go into it, but then the next verse in 19. So Elijah went. And I'll just leave it at that. So Elijah went. Alright, so there's still a small voice. At times, the Lord speaks to us in a still small voice from within our own spirit. Right? The rhema. A lot of times we might underestimate the power of God's whispers and even, even ignore those ideas when we expect to rather hear the booming, the audible voice, the windstorm, the fire, the earthquake. But instead we get a still small voice. But God's still small voice can be heard as a passing thought, a sudden impression, an internal sense of something that God is saying. Again, put it in check. Put that still small voice in check. Even if you're pretty sure it's from God, put it in check. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to say, let me take a few moments to make sure this is God telling me to do this before I do it, instead of figuring out, well, why did this fail so bad? Oh, wait. I now have to to realize this goes against what God says in the Bible. You know, but... God speaks... In many ways, he can speak through me, he can speak through you, he can speak through a friend, a family member, a co-worker. God can speak through unbelievers sometimes, where an unbeliever has said things that, that makes more sense to somebody because it's coming from someone else. But sometimes it's just like, this person's advice, 
that sermon, that wasn't for me. Ah, yeah, you know, I, I want to believe that, but nah. That's, that could be just those small boys passing by. Thoughts? Anybody? I think this just shows like how simple minded we are sometimes because like he's like I'm the only one <laughs> and sometimes that's all we see like we see what's in front of us but God's like you have a whole you have the whole community you got 7,000 yeah. what do you mean you're the only one so sometimes we just have to open our minds and like really know like really know God of what he's trying to do with your life because sometimes we we just see what's in front of us and we don't see who's around us and yeah. who god has provided for us yeah that's that's a good point and sometimes i mean myself included it's so easy to just go day by day and think like man i'm all alone like who do i got wrong. we got each other there's a lot of other people who are in this group that aren't here tonight. And that's just a starting point, let alone our, our family, our friends, our church community, other groups we're involved with. We're not alone. God's like, look, I preserve 7,000 others. I think reading the bit from 18 and 19 together, it's easy, easier. Elijah had no problem asking God to perform and speak on in all his glory because that's what he heard clearly from God like this is my mission I'm a prophet this is what I'm you know what's called to do God come and there's fire and there's passion and then in the personal in the ordinary in the fear Elijah doesn't abandon, but to a degree, abandons everything he just witnessed, abandons what he knows because of a very basic fear, mm -hmm. a human, a natural reaction to circumstance. And suddenly God's not to be found in the ordinary, but he's there for the big things. He's there in the big moments. He's there in, with all his majesty, and yet sometimes asking for or inviting him into those smallest moments or insecurities, anxieties, fears, whatever it is, seems like an impossible task for us, for me, to do. And you expect God in the big things, but suddenly you don't expect him in the small or invite him into the daily things and he that's where he wants to be so it's very interesting that's good and Elijah ran you know God God told him God told Elijah to do that um, challenge on Mount Carmel to say go ahead and, and do this and yeah he did it and then the result was success, but then from that came 
What was that? I, I got word that someone wants to kill me because of this. Well, I'm gonna run. God's not gonna bring you into something and have you fail. God brought him into this saying, Elijah, this is what you're gonna do. And he did it. He, saying, God, God's just drenched this altar, made it really hard for God to, to consume this in fire. And he did it. He listened to God. But then he got word of fear. Hey, Jezebel wants to kill you. Oh crap, I'm alone too? Hey man, God, didn't, didn't your God just tell you to be here? Didn't, didn't your God just prove himself? Yeah, but someone wants to kill me. I'm alone, so I'm running. This is the same Elijah who prayed, Lord, stop the rains, and it didn't rain for two or three years. I forget how long. And then at his prayer, at his request, Lord, send the rain, it rained. And then, and then this happened too, this, this other scenario of judge the altar. Lord, prove yourself. Fire. And he had the same fear we have of, but now what do I do? But now what? This isn't going to go the way I want it to go. So that is a little, I don't know, encouragement that these mighty warriors that we see in the Bible, like Elijah, were just like us. They were human. They were flesh. They had the same flesh that we have. The same fear and the same anxiety, the same unsureness of what's to come. Even though God just told him to come there. That brings you to my very first point of, not very first, brings you to one of my prior points of, you know, we're waiting to hear from God. We're waiting for God to tell us what to do next. But have we even finished doing what he's told us to do before? Elijah, you're saying, God, what do I do now? Well, you just ran away from what he just told you to do. That's why you're that's why you're in the cave. By yourself. He was afraid. He didn't have joy. <laughs> yeah. He had the doubt and the worry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Alright, so application time. Now what? No. Read our Bible more. A very good place to start. Pray, because pray would be a good one. Or one thing I'm working on and it's better at is having having people who uh, sorry have people who keep you accountable. Um, I I look up to a lot of people um, for like guidance and strength and stuff. Family is important, you know. Church group people are. But it's like if you have somebody who you can count on or they can count on you and you have it vice versa, you'll grow. You'll see them grow. You'll see yourself grow. And, you know, building up those those things will uh, make you a better person, I think, spiritually and in real life. So that kind of stuff. Cool. What else? Rest. Yeah. Hmm. Take, care, take care of ourselves. Especially in this day to day with everything going on. Like our lives and everybody's lives. If you don't have that rest, you're going to be that person you don't want to be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to emphasize on rest for just 12 seconds. Rest is not, let me just be a lazy and sit on the couch for 14 days and just wait for God to speak to me. 
But hey, if those 14 lazy days are just in prayer and fasting and reading the word and praying and meditating, hey, I've got nothing against that. But rest is not laziness. Rest is generally productive and beneficial just as physical sleep rest is necessary and it's regular. Rest is taking care of your basic needs. The Lord guides me. He rests me. He makes me lie by, by still waters. You know, he's taking care of all the actual physical needs. Eating, sleeping, drinking. Oh, man. I missed such a great part in here. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. Buckle up. Brace yourselves. First thing. <laughs> God just spoke to you and he's like, you missed this part. Oh, uh, no, I didn't. I skipped over it. was right before, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was right before. Oh, that was also confusing. Oh, it's man. Good. It's all good. It's all Rewind. First Kings 18. Right after that whole scene happened, Baal couldn't prove himself. God did prove himself. Jezebel wants to kill me. I'm running. Now, uh, it's 19, 19, 5, 19, 5. Ah, yeah, thank you. Oh, oh, guys, I missed such a great part. Oh, man, okay. This is just so true to, yeah, life. So, Elijah is sitting there, uh, this is in verse 4, he went out to be alone in the wilderness, uh, traveling all day. He sat under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said, take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lied down, then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, the angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside him, his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. Then the Lord, and the angel of the Lord came up and touched him again. Get up, eat some more, or the journey ahead will be far too much for you. So he got up, he ate and drank, and the food gave him some strength, gave him strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. Then he came to the cave where he spent the night and then the windstorm and all that. <laughs> On a lighter note, just goes to show the power of Bird. sleep and <laughs> fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> of how important sometimes a good nap and a good snack is. So never think you're too old or too mature to take a nap and a snack. Yeah, babe. There have been... <laughs> Ouch. Elijah and Jonah and everybody else whose name ends with uh, Hannah and everybody else. <laughs> a sleep, a nap, and a, and a snack is a powerful thing. And how much more that it was a heavenly bread. The last 40 days. The last 40 days. He was sleeping. The angel said, Andrew was like, Psst, wake up, eat and drink. And he's like, okay, he ate and drank. And he's like, all right, I'm going back to sleep. And then the angel was like, Psst, wake up again, eat and drink some more. He's like, okay. All right, now I'm ready to go for a 40-day hike. Let's go. I like it. Uh, this is part of like, what we talked about, how he prayed for something. 
But God, where he's like, like, let me die. Where he's like, here, get food and drink and yeah. get your strength. So he could easily be like, this is not what I prayed for. Yeah. <laughs> Elijah, I'm going to tie that back into what I just said. Elijah's prayer, the power was in God, but the Lord answered Elijah's prayer of saying, stop the rains. And there was a drought for a few years. And then Elijah's prayer, powered by God, Elijah said, Lord, send the rains. And the Lord send the rain. Elijah's prayer said, Lord, consume this fire. God's power, not Elijah doing it, but God's power, God listened to Elijah and consumed the sacrifice. If God had answered Elijah's every prayer, if Elijah got, if man got, if we got, every prayer answered the way we got, we want, Lord, take my life. I'm ready to die. I'm no better than my ancestors are already dead. Where would he be then? All, all this stuff that he was, he was called to do, anointing these kings, following his next um, predecessor, all these things would have happened. He was, he, was a, he was a great man of God, but even he got frustrated. Even Jonah got frustrated, like, oh, God, these people repented. Oh, man, I wanted to see you spite them and zap them off the face of the earth. But dang it, these people repented to you. And, but we, but we get angry. We get so caught up in the moment. He's like, it's, it's better that I just die. Lord, just take my life. And Elijah was like, and, and God was like, dude, you're hangry. Eat a snack. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a snack. Eat two snacks. Take two naps, Elijah. Calm down. You're okay. He wakes up after a second nap and a second snack, and he says, Elijah, you ready to follow me now? Great. Go and... Do what I tell you to do. First we talk about sheep, now we're talking about angry, being angry. I mean, it's great to see God uses overly dramatic people all the time. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. I really like that first part. I've had enough. Huh. I really like that. I've had enough. Have a Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're and to, and to, to, to realize that all that came after he, not, not after, like, not only after all he did, but like, it was only one person that threatened him. He was surrounded by all the prophets of Baal and the mm -hmm. king of Israel. So he was like not really worried because God was like, cool, we got this. And then the queen came along and was like, wow, that's a scary lady right there. Yeah. She was like, nope, dip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the weird part is he was running because she said, Jezebel said, I'll kill you by tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If he mm -hmm. wants to die, I would have stayed there. But yeah. he was frustrated. <laughs> he was striving on his own. Like you said, like what you said, rest. Pastor Prince, um, my favorite pastor, he says this, rest is not inactivity, rest is spirit-driven activity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well said. That's good. So, he was active but on his own strength and he, he got frustrated, he's trained and he's like, I'm done, take me away, you're not helping me. <laughs> Throw the hands up. <laughs> take me now. You know. like Surrender. White, like, white flag, <laughs> something, anything. <laughs> oh, good stuff, guys. I was, went a little longer, I was waiting between not doing this still small voice today, but, um, cool. Well, we're going to continue this for a little bit about hearing from God, what to do when you don't know what to do. Um, we're going to look at some other people in the Bible who are very human and like us a lot of the time. And see if we might hear from God or not. Oh, cool. I'm going to pray and we'll split it for a moment. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we have 
your written word that we can read, that we can go through, that we can highlight, that we can memorize, that we can meditate on, that we can cling to. And God, we thank you for your spoken word in our hearts. We thank you for that still small voice. We thank you for, for so many things, Lord. We thank you that, that you're just not a distant God, that you are personal, that you are close, that you want to have a relationship with us. Lord, help us to remember to rest, to have productive rest, to be able to take time to, to let go of our anxiety, to let you, to allow you to guard our hearts and our minds, to allow you to wipe away the worries of tomorrow, to sit still, and maybe take a nap and a snack too. Um, but most importantly, to just rest in you. And to have our ears open, not just as we're watching TV, but Lord, to take time to stop. So that all we hear are the crickets out in the distance. And maybe your voice following. God, help us to take time intentionally this week to listen to you. To just stop being stupid sheep and just listen to you. Lord, I'm not, I don't want to assault you that your creation is stupid because it's not. We're not stupid. But Lord, help us to find our way back to you. To be like the sheep who can find their way back to their shepherd by just the sound of their voice. Help us to be like those sheep who recognize their voice of the shepherd. Thank you, God. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. It's always a good time when God's presence is with us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you tune in again for the next episode of the Monday Night Godcast.